Hey everybody, welcome to the Everybody Counts podcast, where we're going to discuss Bosch Season 3. Everybody Counts, you know, from the famous Harry Bosch quote, Everybody Counts or Nobody Counts. Um, We are waiting for one of our uh, illustrious co-hosts to uh, connect with us, and she is here, Tracy and Pete. What's going on, everybody? Hey, guys. Ready for some boshing? Yeah, I love that term. For those that that aren't privy to our internal conversations, um, (laughs) in preparation of this podcast, yesterday or the day before, I'm not sure, Tracy messaged us and was like, you guys ready to do some boshing? And I'm like, oh my God, I love that term. I'm I'm so ready to be boshing. Yes, it sticks now. Yeah, I like it. I'm I'm probably going to use it for a lot of things. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty solid. It's a good word. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> okay. All right, you're up, Supreme Leader. What you got? All right. Well, first I thought we would um, just give some shout-outs to a couple of folks who solved our Bosch scramble. So if you're following us on Twitter, um, we do a hashtag Bosch scramble every once in a while. And uh, I don't think they're always that easy to solve. What do you guys think? Um, they are not. You actually make them very difficult, and you always have for all the shows that you do. Um, so I, I actually, I see them and I retweet them, and then I say, I'm going to wait and see if somebody else answers it, and then I'm off the hook. There you go. Well, I tried to make it just a little extra tough even tonight. I made it um, season three appropriate since I knew we'd be covering season three. And I wanted to be a little bit of a challenge because whoever could get it, I wanted to give them a big shout out on the podcast. So we had two folks who solved it. Um, The first one we heard from was someone who has chosen to go by the name Well of Ruby Titus the Fourth. Love it. (laughs) <laughs> Love it. That's my the boy. Name thing, yep, the name change thing is, is catching on. So, you know, just change your name to who you aspire to be. But, um, yeah, so um, it's at C. Paulman. And um, I think he's one of our first podcast listeners. So, first of all, we really appreciate that. For and sure. we're digging the well of our B. Titus the fourth. And we're really impressed that you saw the scramble. Um, and like the, the other person who's. <laughs> yeah, the other person who solved the scramble um, has gotten everyone right so far, every single scramble, and that is Sharon Johnson. Love Sharon. And um, Love yep, Sharon. she's she's a very dedicated listener and very dedicated uh, problem solver, scramble solver. And so they, they both got it right. And the answer was William Meadows. So shout out to Sharon. Shout out to Wellover B. Titus the Fourth. Thanks for playing along, and um, thanks, too, for being patient with – I did have one little uh, typo in there. I had um, an extra M, I think, or W, vice versa, but they could still solve it, and so that makes them extra extra impressive. So shout out to those listeners, and we hope that more people will try to solve those scrambles and uh, join listening here on the podcast. So good job, guys. That for Sharon because what if the choir director is listening and now knows that she was playing the scramble when she was supposed to be <clears throat> doing a little musical work? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She 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 um she claims she did not miss a note, 
So, yeah, our only our only concern is that if the director was listening to the podcast. So, but she's probably blocking him from the. She's, you know, she's, she's she was in stealth mode. That's what I told her. She was in stealth mode. So she she probably has a way yeah, I'm of. Proud of, her. of um, I'm proud yeah, of her. she's. I'm proud of her too. She's awesome. So, that's pretty funny. All right. So yeah, um, William Meadows was um, a victim, sadly, in season three. Um, so we'll get into some season three coverage in a minute. But first, I'm curious. Did you guys have a chance to read? Uh, my interview with Sarah Clark, who plays Eleanor on Bosch. I did. I most certainly did. It was uh, awesome. it was good stuff. A lot of good questions, mm-hmm. a lot of really good answers, um, and then a little fun at the end. That was nice. So people haven't yeah. read it. I know you've tweeted out the link. They should definitely check it out. Yeah, please do. Yeah, she had a, a lot of a lot of good intel to share, a lot of fun stuff, and just a lot of interesting stuff about her career. Um, for those of you who may not recognize or may not have put it together, um, Sarah, who plays Eleanor Wish on Bosch, is also Nina Myers on 24, a very popular series. Um, and she was very mysterious in that as well. She turned out to be the mole. Um, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't watched one before, but it's been Whoops. a while. It's been a while. It's so been, I, it's been out long enough. Too bad if yeah. they, they haven't caught up yet. My my train of thought was that if you watched and enjoyed that show as well, but hadn't quite put the connection together, that that was the same person, that that'd be pretty cool uh, information for you. But she's been in a ton of things, and um, she's working on a documentary right now in Montana uh, uh, regarding the Blackfeet Nation um, and the Buffalo and it's just really sounds really really interesting, very inspirational. So, uh, yeah, check that article out. And um, anything in particular, Jake, that caught your attention about her thoughts on Eleanor? Anything you hadn't thought about or that struck you as interesting? I, you know, the funny thing is about that. It's like always the little things that even don't have anything to to do about stuff. But I thought. Um, I thought I thought two main things, I guess. Uh, one of them really is just silly uh, about when she was talking about learning to play poker and stuff and mm-hmm. how that was just fun for her or whatever. And it just it didn't yeah. occur to me, I, I guess, maybe because she plays it off so well that she wasn't already a pro. <laughs> so right, as right. Silly <laughs> it's as very convincing. Is, uh, yeah, as silly as that is, I was like, wait a minute. She didn't even know what she was doing. <laughs> no way. Um, yeah. So that. That kind of uh, caught me off guard. Um, and then just um, the few comments kind of when you were asking about, like, um, you know, her character's relationship with Harry and um, even the the kind of revelation a little bit that um, they're going to be working on a case together, or at least she's going to be there as part of that case um, mm-hmm. and how just that relationship of, yes, they're exes and while – they don't necessarily agree with one another or even necessarily their their own methods to their madness. But when it mm-hmm. comes time to doing the work, they, you know, appreciate that hunt. And uh, that's, yeah. you know, that's like their thing. That's that's the connection that keeps them strong, uh, aside mm-hmm. from the fact that obviously they, they have a wonderful daughter. Yeah. So that was kind yeah. of cool. Yeah, that was cool. And I, I think they um, – they make very effective uh, working partners. We've seen her, you know, 
assist him and give him, you know, some insight on cases in earlier seasons. Um, so we know that, you know, they can work well together. We can see that they're both, you know, good parents. They, you know, they parent well together. I mean, there's bumps in the roads, but they do, you know, put their daughter first and that seems very functional, um, you know, and they seem to still be good friends. So, you know, maybe mm-hmm. they didn't make the best husband and wife, but they're doing <laughs> right. a lot of other things really well, you know. Right. So it's they a very, still make it's a a good interesting. Team. Right. Yeah, they yeah. make a very good team. So I'm really excited to hear that she will be um, helping out on a case. Um, so it just gets me even more excited for season four, which um, Michael Conley uh, tweeted something this week that the announcement will be made very soon about when um, season four comes out. And I think the latest he said is that it will probably be April, which I believe it was April last year for season three. So yeah, it's um, kind of where I was thinking it would fall. I mean, yeah. uh, secretly hoping it would be like yesterday, tomorrow, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, right. <laughs> but, you know, I'll, I'll take what I can get, I guess, you know, yeah. as long as I don't have to wait until, you know, August, that would suck. Right. Yeah. We don't want to, we don't want to wait any longer than we have to. Um, we need more boshing ahead. So. Right. <laughs> okay. That's, that's so. kind of like a good hashtag. Yeah, let's get it going. Help us, folks, if you're listening. Hashtag boshing. And, uh, you know, at some point we're going to have to really define it. I guess the way I used it uh, in regard to the podcast was, are we podcasting about boshing? So Bosch podcasting put together is boshing. But but then when Jay said he liked the word, I was like, yeah, that could refer to a lot of things. That could involve, you know, being like really good at something. Right. Um, exactly. Uncovering something, you know. Yeah, it could mean a lot of things. I so got tell it. us. Okay, yes, tell I us. I got it. Yep. Okay. Tell us, Pete. Boshin, definition mm-hmm. for Boshin is when you're about to engage in an in-depth conversation about <laughs> something. About any subject. Okay, okay. Yeah, that could be that too. But yeah, no, I've, I've already planned, like, I'm waiting to do something really cool at work or, or something or or even around the house. Or And, you know, my <laughs> kids are like, wow, that was awesome. I'm like, I know, I was Boshin. What's up? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So what I'm picturing now, Jay, Jay, I'm picturing, so your version of what Boston is, is when kids were shooting basketball hoops and going, Jordan, right before when they <laughs> right. the fiddle, yes. this kid said, yes. that was going to be Boston. Just like yes. that. That's right. That's right. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's our version of Charlie Sheen's winning, but, but it cool. Definitely, yeah. Exactly. yeah. I, I'd like to maybe not associate it with that so much, but I get your point. Um, but it definitely <laughs> has a very, a very positive connotation. It does. Boshing is definitely a good thing. So let's all do more of it. Let's do more boshing. All right. Boshing for season three. Um, let's start out. First, we see Harry uh, coming back and um, going after this guy, Arno Epperson, who have the alias Fox Mitchell that he finds out the season two that he believes is the one that murdered his mom. Very bad stuff, but he's not going to let it lie. He's going to go find this guy. He goes, um, not, I don't remember where it was. He had like taken on a new um, identity as a surfing guy, big wave Dave. So he goes to, uh, to find him. Sure enough, he had passed away from cancer. So Bosch did not get his face to face with the um, presumed uh, killer of his mom, and that was very stressful for him. Uh, but we find out later in season three that maybe that wasn't the guy after all. 
some more evidence that comes up. So we'll get into that um, later in the podcast. So while he thought he had kind of come to terms with who had done that, um, it looks like maybe it's not resolved after all. But they do get pulled in on a case, they being Harry and Jerry, and they're called, and the victim, they do eventually learn, is William Meadows, um, who is a veteran that has sort of uh, hit the rough side of life, not not doing well, living under an overpass in an RV. We, I think we get the impression maybe there were some drug issues um, and so forth. And it's, it's very sad because um, we, uh, just as an aside, Jay and I also do some um, – coverage for a show called the brave which is awesome and we're always talking about how amazing um our you know armed forces are and our veterans and appreciative mm-hmm. of them so it's hard you know it's hard watching something like this where you see them downtrodden and you know it's just another reminder that we need to take good care of those folks but um yeah uh william billy we call him billy meadows was uh down as luck when he died and an SUV pulls up and someone goes in and takes him out. But there is a witness to that, not exactly to the shooting um, itself, but um, there is a, a, a tagger. At that point, we just know he's a tagger. He's doing his logo or whatever on the on the side of the bridge or whatever. It's a shark. We end up learning his. He goes by the name Sharky. He saw them pull out, pull up. He heard the gunshot and saw them pull away. He actually goes in and investigates. I would not do that. That was very uh, troublesome to see him actually going in there. But I guess, you know, he's living on the streets, Sharky is, and maybe that's not the scariest thing he's done. But can you guys see yourself going in and investigating further in the RV? Jay? I certainly would not. I yeah, certainly I would not. Yeah, that's uh, that was just like, no, don't go in there. You know, you could leave evidence. You could get really, you know, Upset, you know, it's right. going to be disturbing. Obviously, yeah, I just, no, I'm not going in there. Now I call nine one one. Yeah, I would yeah. not go in there myself. Right. I can see why though he went in there okay. because if you're living on the street and you're homeless and you uh-huh. hear a murder like that so quick, obviously those guys didn't have time to, you know, the term run your pockets, run his pockets. They they didn't rob him. They shot him. So if you're what street, you're saying. You can go get some money out of it, a coat, whatever is not damaged. And, you know, that's what you used to live with. So I don't – it's not so far is what I'm saying. Okay. I, can, I see that point. I see that point. Thanks for bringing that up. That does share another perspective that you know, I didn't think about. So um, Edgar and Bosch pick up this case. Um, but Harry is just – I mean, he's always multitasking. He's never just working on one case, right? Do you agree? Couldn't be that easy. Yeah, couldn't no, couldn't be that easy. And he couldn't sit sit that still, you know. I think he likes to have a lot of balls in the air. So, um, or maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But he always seems to have many things going on. He's been tracking this guy, Ed Gunn, for a while now, um, telling the cops that if he shows up, like, in the drunk tank or something, call him. He's Whenever he's brought in, he wants a face-to-face with him. Um, he They do call him, uh, but before Bosch can get there, he's been released. Well, he's not just asking the police to tell him if he's been brought in. Bosch has cameras on the guy. Um, and one night when he's going and checking the cameras, he sees some folks. Uh, well, he first he sees someone let him in his house. He's clearly you know, intoxicated, and someone helps get him in his apartment. And then another night he goes back, um, he sees some folks pull up, and um, you 
hear some activity and and basically Ed Gunn is is murdered. You don't see it face to face, but you know it's bad news, bad stuff going on. Um, so this is going on, but then there's another case that Bosch is working on that ties into this one, the Andrew Holland case. And Andrew Holland is a director, Hollywood director, um, who has been accused of murdering uh, someone that he you know supposedly took out for a date. And spent some time with, and he's denying it. He's on house arrest. Um, we find out, we, be, we we are led to believe from the very beginning that um, someone may be trying to frame Bosch. It starts coming together, and um, in the end, I guess it's I guess we might as well go ahead and point out that Andrew Holland's team did try to set Harry up at um, for the Ed Gunn murder, and of course he didn't do it but he did kind of see it and you know what this reminded me of it's almost like it was a little um i don't know the can't think of the word but like a little uh foreshadowing or something do you remember in season two when bosch is talking to the fbi and they've got all this surveillance and information and knew everything about tony allen um beforehand he's like would you bug the car did you even did you see his murder happen you know like were you watching i was like wait a minute Bosch kind of did that in season three. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, he he's kind of a creep. He likes to put surveillance <laughs> on people. Um, but I just thought that was interesting that he was like calling the FBI out about possibly, you know, seeing more than you want to see. And then he's got these cameras on it and he didn't intervene. You know, uh, he didn't know you exactly. Know like, yeah, he didn't know exactly what was going on, but he also didn't intervene. And now he's got it, you know, on tape. Um, so he's... Um, Working on the Andrew Holland case, trying to collect evidence. He's working with uh, Deputy District Attorney Anita Benitez, who he's also formed a romantic relationship with. And uh, so that can get sort of complicated when you involve work and romance. But they're trying to collect evidence and build a good case to prosecute Holland. Meanwhile, you know, we end up learning that Holland is trying to set up Harry. Um, Jay, Pete, do one of you want to talk a little bit about the things that were done to kind of point fingers at Harry for um, Ed Gunn? I mean, I don't, I don't really, to be honest with you, I don't really know specifics in my head off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I just know that what was going on when um, they, like they said, well, you said he was watching them. And right. then, you know, once the guys came to his house and made the kill, Mm-hmm. What did he think was going to happen? Of course, he's a cop. He should know that they're going to go up to the to the angle points. And I think it was was it Jay Edgar who did it first, and then the cops followed. So everybody knew that was the angle. Didn't Bosch ever think ahead when he does these things? I don't know. I don't know. He was. Yeah, I mean, he was staking that guy out because I think you know I didn't mention before that Gunn had been accused of killing um, some um, women. They they were prostitutes not that that matters obviously everybody counts but they did they did point that out as well but he got released so harry is just you know bent on finding evidence on gun and and taking him down and making him responsible for what he did i you know i certainly don't think he meant to find this that certainly put a big uh, <laughs> uh wrench you know in things but a lot of the things they did to quote set harry up had to do with the um, 
origins of Harry's name. He's actually Hieronymus Bosch, um, is what his mom named him, named after um, a painter who does some really, um, I don't know if you want to say, kind of surreal. Is the, I might not get my art terms right, but um, not just realistic imagery, just sort of, um, it kind of tells a story or, you know, suggestive of things and um, a lot of things with good and evil and so forth. And one of his um, paintings, I believe, has an owl in it. And um, it talks about like, I think it talks about taking vengeance or something. I may not have the mythology exactly correct, but it is a suitable image for someone who would go in and kill someone because they had not, you know, been, you know, arrested and for the crimes that they committed. So they put this plastic owl in the apartment, um, Ed Gunn's apartment. Do you guys remember the owl? The green one, right? I don't remember the color. I just I called it, it the creepy like owl. Blue, it was on it was on the guy's <laughs> desk, wasn't it? On like Pierce's desk. No, no. Well, they had to get some to investigate. This was planted in Ed Gunn's apartment. So they the, the Holland's team set up things in in Gunn's apartment. You know, they were the ones who killed Ed Gunn, but they wanted to make it look like Harry did it, so that Harry would not be a suitable or uh, reliable um, investigator witness to the Holland trial. They were trying to um, uh, to make it look like he wasn't a reliable witness in the Holland trial. So they set him up to look like he murdered Ed Gunn, and then it would invalidate his testimony in the Holland case. But they put it like up on a bookshelf in Ed Gunn's apartment. And the night that um, Pierce and Robertson were actually assigned to the Gunn murder, but Bosch you know, knowing what happened has kind of kept tabs on it and has done some investigation of his own. And he's in there pulling some cameras out. You know, we've, we've already kind of put it together that he had, um, had cameras, you know, on Ed Gunn, both interior and exterior cameras. But um, they also find a glass with fingerprints. Someone had, if you look back carefully, I think it's in episode one. If you look back carefully, they, um, Someone lifted a glass that he had used in a restaurant. I think it was in the El Compadre restaurant, which you see have seen multiple times in Bosch. Look it up if you're in L.A. Um, so they're just, you know, different, a variety of things like that that make it look like Bosch had actually intervened and was actually the one that killed Gunn so that he wouldn't be reliable um, as far as testimony in the Holland case. So that's sort of the relationship there. But at the same time, he's also dealing with William Meadows' murder. Um, and, uh, you know, it it's probably brings up a lot of memories and stuff. It's a, you know, he was, you know, Bosch is a veteran, you know, so there's got to be some emotions, you know, involved there. But he put some things together. And they begin to suspect this guy, Trevor Dobbs. Jay, did you want to talk about Trevor at all, what you thought of him? Him. That, you're talking about Trevor Dobbs, right? I'll talk about Trevor Dobbs. Okay. Uh, all right. That was the leader of. That was the captain, right? Yes. I, I don't know if that was okay. His rank, yeah. But yeah. He was the the leader. Yeah. Um. I, I think they they casted one of the best characters to play that role. He was great with his shiny white teeth and his big smile. He's exactly what you picture a GI Joe to be, and the way he played it because his crew 
was all like specialized skills in certain things and new specialty stuff. And then he was just kind of like the overall all-in-one kind of guy. And like you said, yeah, with the with the military background, you know, that was a hard group to go against. Yeah, yeah. And he just – he plays it really cool like the sort of, you know, G.I. Joe clean-cut guy, you know, there at his house, you know, he has, says he has a family and kids and, you know, they have this security company. So, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, Billy worked with our company for a while, but it's something like that. Like it just didn't pan out or something. And um, so, no, we haven't talked to him in a while, you know, because they knew there was a tie in there somehow. Well, we pretty much know from the beginning as the viewers that, that they were the ones who did it. And so we've got Trevor Dobbs, the guy who kind of owns this company. He's got Woody Woodrow working with them um he and uh javi moreno they're both uh snipers we see them up practicing on a hill they're very good at what they do so we begin to learn that they've got this whole um thing going on and again i don't i don't necessarily know how to speak to it in all the correct terms but they're i think they're like smuggling um have smuggled money and and so forth from overseas whether in afghanistan or whatever and um they're trying to uh move this money and um so billy meadows has been involved with them a little bit but they do all this sort of under the uh premise of their security company so they obviously are really good at uh being secretive they're really good at their uh military tactics you know they're a they're a tough group to go up against um, and so it's not easy for Bosch and Edgar to sort of, you know, chip away at this case and uh, figure out what's going on. But at the same time, you have this witness, Sharky, and everyone, I think, I think it's probably pretty safe to say you kind of fall in love with Sharky. I mean, he's a hustler. Um, he, you know, it, he's not like living this this great life, but you feel for him. There's something about him that uh, he's a sympathetic character. You root for him. Did, did you feel the same way, Pete? Did you root for Sharky? Um, okay, I'm going to be honest. In the beginning, I didn't. I didn't like <laughs> yeah. him. I hated yeah. him. I was like, uh-huh. I hate this kid. You know, I hope bad things happen to him. <laughs> then, has, well, it's true, but then it has like the, I, I don't just shoot, write people off. I give them a chance. So yeah. once I yeah, said, you, you know what, yeah. let, me, let me not judge a, bush, a book by its cover, and uh-huh. I, I watched it. It's true. When you start to get into the character of Sharky, you start to put yourself in his perspective and see what he's seeing mm-hmm. and how he sees it. You know, right. people that look like they do crazy things initially, if you don't know mm-hmm. what, what the eyes they're looking through, and I kind of became a fan. Like you said, I was a fan of him. Like, I'm sitting there, like, halfway through the season, like, he might make it. This this kid might make it out. You know, like, they might be yeah. able to him. Yeah, and that's the thing. You wanted him to, you wanted him to make it. Um, you, you kind of were rooting for him because you saw Bosch – like, you know, she had to interrogate him and get information, but he was also sort of mentoring him and being a good friend to Sharky. And so you wanted to see good things come from that. You know, you could see Bosch rooting for him, you know. So, you know, I think we at some point we all began to root for Sharky. And um, but unfortunately, we didn't get to root very long for him because Trevor's group, uh, they find out that he was a witness and uh, they take him out in a very gruesome fashion. Again, these are guys that were special ops. Um, their tactical skills are off the charts, and they know just how to um, take a knife 
to someone so that they'll bleed out right away. And um, Bosch is really troubled when he finds, when he discovers that Sharky's been murdered. I think Maddie, his daughter, is even in the car waiting, and she can tell that his dad, her dad is really upset. Um, so they don't have this witness. They have to find other ways uh, to break the case. And um, they do in the end. I mean, we won't jump completely forward to the end, but it, if you just safe to say that uh, Bosch takes care of business. But we'd mentioned Maddie for just a second, and she's now living at Bosch's house. She's living full time. Her mom, um, Eleanor, who we talked about earlier, and uh, stepdad Reggie are in Shanghai currently, and she's taking up uh, residence at her dad's house. What do you, What do you have to say about that, Pete? Um, well, before I go there, I just want to go back uh-huh. real quick and say, um, yeah. I think you undersold how good those government, the um, Dobbs' group was. They had a way to kill you with two slices that didn't splatter the blood so there was less DNA to clean up. How genius. <laughs> like, this is this is what the real people, skilled people, know oh, how to no, do. Oh, no, yeah. I, I, I guess if I didn't make it clear enough, no, they they know their business. That's why I'm saying they know exactly how to just, like you said, in, in two swipes or whatever it was. And, you know, they know how to not leave evidence, you know, behind. Um, but actually they did leave some evidence behind. I guess some of it was unavoidable. But, yeah, no. Yeah, you tell them, Pete. These guys were – they knew their stuff for sure. Now, as for Maddie, this is what I believe. I believe that it's true. She needs Bosch, and Bosch needs her, because if she was to stay with her mom, her mom's never there. She's always back and forth, so it's not a stable environment. Bosch is the most stable environment I feel that she's going to get like out of her options, and uh-huh. Bosch needs her because he needs that human reminder, the emotional reminder that you know there's something bigger than just the cops. Like what the guys say, either this season or last season, you need a life. That's it, get yeah. a life. Like, like you need mm-hmm. a life, and his life should be – his daughter at least half of his life or, you know, three-quarters of his life. So, right, it gives him yeah, more think, balance. Yeah, he, he they need each other, and it's a perfect fit. And as you can see, even towards the end, when the mother's ready to take her away, she's like, no, I'm staying here. I live here. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She she has become settled there. He's teaching her to drive. Um, she's learning more about his work. She's showing an interest in being in law enforcement herself. So they do. I, I think that's a very good point, Pete. That they um, they do need each other and are and are um, and they're they're figuring it out. You know, they haven't. She hasn't grown up with him, but they're figuring it out, and it, it is fun to watch. So where should we go next, Pete? Um, we haven't talked about. Um, Irving you know Irving is filling in right now as interim chief he decides he wants to honor the death of George you know in um, on you know he died uh, in on duty you know as law enforcement and he wants to honor that and help work things out with the, some of the bad press with the police department and stuff he does step in as police chief he says it's hold just on, uh, Tracy, hold on yes we have go ahead. to say Okay, before we get into the whole, like, serious Irvin stuff, I just want to bring up a point. Last week we played a little game, and it was who do we want to take (laughs) us out to dinner and why. And me and you Uh both chose Irvin because we thought that he would have a good, classy, upper-scale spot. Now, all season three, I've seen Irvin at least four times at some (laughs) of the fanciest places eating dinner. Just We nailed it. Yes. We did. And I had, I mean, obviously I was thinking ahead to season three. I knew that – yeah, suckers. Whatever. We're just smart. That's what we, we are. Hey, 
We uh yeah that that so let's well let's stop and talk about that for a minute. So he's he's moved in as um, interim. We take the chief's office. He's still working out of his original office. He's just insisting it's temporary. Um, but we have this other. Um, he, he finds that he finds some romance with someone named June Park, and she is like um, first responder type volunteer. Yeah, is that, is that right, Jay? Do you remember? I, I think, think so. There's, yeah. there's someone riding around on a bike and uh, committing crimes, you know, robbery, assault, different things. And you, if you go back and watch from the beginning of season three, you just, you're like, oh, there he is. You know, you didn't even notice him <laughs> maybe the first time. So that's a whole other case that's going on. You know, Bosch is not assigned to it, but. Um, there, uh, someone does die, and Irving is brought out to the scene, and he meets this first responder named June, and he's very taken with her right away. Um, and uh, I think she is with him, and he meets with her again, and then it becomes, um, you know, is this a date kind of thing. So they do become romantically involved, and we do see them um, go to um, a very nice establishment on a rooftop. You remember that one, Pete? Oh, yeah, I was watching it being like, damn, I can't wait to talk to Tracy and podcast about this because yeah. Jay was wrong, yeah. or should I say, well, ever be tight. I mean, I know. To me, it was the obvious choice. Go out to dinner with Irving. You're going to hit some really nice spots. And he even knew the chef. He had, like, his own table. Um, now, here's a little trivia for you. They do shoot on location a ton with Bosch, and um, the Smog Cutter was the restaurant or the bar, in episode one, that was that was the real place that was um, filmed on location. I think the El Compadres filmed on location. Musso and Franks, that um, Bosch is a fan of, and actually we see some flashbacks that he's been going there since he was a kid. I believe they've um, filmed on location there. But someone had asked me about that rooftop restaurant. Where was that? And so I reached out to the producer Enric Bastine, and um, he did say that they weren't able to get the actual location they wanted to use. So they did have to recreate that one. So I can't, there is no specific restaurant that I could say they used for that, but, um, but that was definitely a super cool setting. So, you know, things are moving on nicely for Irving. You know, he seems to be finding some companionship after, you know, losing his wife. We find out that they are officially getting divorced. It's just, I I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think there's any hope for reconciliation there. Um, we do see an appearance of Connie, his um, his ex-wife, um, at the very end, which we'll mention. So it's interesting that she appeared there. But so far from what I can tell, I think they're donezo. Do, would you guys agree? Oh, yeah, Unfortunately so. Not. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. So, all right. So these... These bad guys have been uh, – they have this money. They have this um, – they're packing it up. They're each getting their share. I'm talking about Trevor and Woody Woodrow, who's a surfer, by the way, um, and Javi Moreno, and they divide up their money. And it looks like they're going to, you know, get away with things. But um, thankfully, they don't. Um, one of them – is taken out. Who wants to talk um, about Edgar and Woody um, Woodrow? I'm going to start a little bit, and then whoever okay. else wants to finish can finish, because 
I'm Team Jagger. If you listen to this podcast, everybody knows I'm yes. a big Jagger fan from multiple yes. shows, and not just because of who he was, because of who he is in this show. So, yeah. you know, I'm a big fan of the character. So here we go. Mm-hmm. His situation, it's so sad because I'm watching it, and I'm like, what is he supposed to do, get shot? Like, this is his job. To He's trained to do this. He did his training. He did everything right by the book, and then he was still under investigation because what happened was um, he went to go talk to, I guess, talk to Woodrow and see what's going on, and this guy looked like he was going to pull the gun or to Jay Edgar, yeah. he was going to pull mm-hmm. the gun. Yeah. And Jay Edgar did what he was supposed to do. He pulled out the gun and shot him. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it didn't work out, and now now it's his word versus Jay Edgar's word, and, you know, nobody really knows what happened. And, you know, when these situations happen in law enforcement, you know, there's a lot of um, – departments to go through and reviews and, you know, paperwork to file. So you don't just get to go home and, you know, be rattled. You got to go through hours of torture after you're rattled. So you didn't even got time to think about what happened. You're just acting on instinct at this time. And I felt really bad for Jay Edgar. And I mean, right. like I said, if it, you know, anybody else could jump in here about if I missed any part, but me personally, I don't know what else he was supposed to do in the situation. Well, and I, I don't think you're and, right. And, and, I think you're right, and I think um, – I don't know if the investigation is complete by the end of season three or not. I don't recall. Um, I think he's cleared, but they have to investigate. Anytime there's a shooting, right. you know, um, they, they just have to. So, And I remember Bosch talking to him, like, you know, just stay calm and, you know, think it through. And um, so I, I don't think they were necessarily – Assume I don't think the assumption was that he'd done anything wrong, but there has to be an investigation. But yeah, you're right. A- after being nearly shot to death, um, it-, it is hard to see him have to prove that you know what he did was the right thing. But yeah, as they get on to these guys, they um, they're watching Woody and they have him under surveillance, and they see him making a call. Edgar's approaching, and then yes, it, it, he sees Edgar and it looks like he's going to shoot him, and so Edgar has to has to shoot. Also, and um, so he's like kind of not on house arrest or anything, but he's just like off duty. Um, they've got security at his house and everything um, at J. Edgar's house, you know, until they can get through the investigation. Well, it's, I, I wrote in some of my uh, recaps about the show that when he was at home and security was at his house watching him, it was making me really nervous. One time he answers the door for something, and then he actually goes outside for something, and uh, something bad happens. And again, here comes all the entertain, entanglement of different cases on Bosch that really keeps us on our toes. The reason Edgar goes outside um, is he's received a call from someone named Mark Taylor um, because slowly throughout the throughout the season, Edgar is starting to doubt and wonder about Harry's involvement with Ed Gunn. I mean, there's all these – he's been set up, so there's all this evidence pointing towards him. So, of course, Edgar has to wonder, and um, he – uh, finally talks to this guy or wants going to talk to this guy, Mark Taylor, who actually has the surveillance footage from the cameras that Bosch set up. And Bosch is having Mark turn them in because he it, he gets to the point where they've got to see what actually happened because they're not solving the Ed Gunn murder. And he feels obligated. And I think, you know, a moral sense needs to get that information in front of the police. So that's just a little bit of back story on why he's walking out the door and Edgar is shot. And that's at the end of episode eight, I think. Um, don't hold me to that, but I think it's end of eight. And that just, that tore me up. 
and because you see all the police coming, you, the helicopters, everyone, you know, officer down, and we don't know if he's going to make it. What were you guys thinking at the time? You know, for me, when I when I'm watching a show, right, and it doesn't matter yeah. what the show is, in general kind of TV terms, when you have a character, and then in this character's story, you start to learn some more personal things about the character, like yeah. his family, right? I mean, you right. know the family's there, but now you're getting introduced to him. Every time mm-hmm. I see that happen, I worry, are we learning more about this person because they're about to die? Right? Good point. Yeah. And so it then it's shot, and I'm like, come on. You can't – You obviously, Harry Bosch can carry on on his own. But you can't take out my boy. Can't take out mm-hmm. Pete. Just can't do that. We need him. Um, and now, of course, you're binge watching this, right? At least I am. So you're going one episode to episode. So I didn't have to wait long um, to figure right. out what was going on. But you definitely have that, I don't know, feeling of dread. Like, no yeah, way. Yeah. They, they yeah. couldn't do this. Um, so for right. me, I definitely had a legitimate worry, I think, for a little bit. Right. Yeah. Well, I I certainly did. How about you, Pete? Well, Jay brought up a very good point because when you binge watch a show, it's a lot different than when you watch a show weekly because I've been watched on Bosch. So, you know, when you finish two seasons and you know there's three, by the end of the second season (laughs) on a binge situation, you know, after you binge 20 episodes, you say, okay, it's time to pick my team. So when I was watching this in my binge time and I was starting Mm -hmm. season three, I decided that I was going to be Team Jay Edgar officially. So when season eight comes and he's been shot for the second time, and like they said, they started showing you so much more of his character, I'm sitting here like I put the kiss of death on him like I did to Shane on yeah. The Walking Dead. I thought it was bad news. So I'm yeah. sitting here like, oh, man. And now like, and then it was funny because I was you know, re-watching it recently, and I got up to the eighth episode, and he got shot, and it was like time for me to go to sleep. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. It was just on my off time. And I'm like, I gotta stay up and watch it now. And I sacrifice sleep to rewatch it because I was like, I gotta make sure that he ends up alright again because I haven't binged it. You know, I haven't watched it in a while since the first yeah. time I binged it. So, yeah, it, it was very sad for me being a Team Jagger guy. And I was just like, mm-hmm. what am I gonna do now if he dies? I know, I know. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I kind of, I kind of have to wonder if there's someone out there who doesn't like Edgar. I, I have to wonder about them. I mean, who doesn't like him? He's a very likable character. So, that's a, yeah, that's just a that good in point. itself. Yeah, well, and so I want to talk. <laughs> what's that? I said I want to talk to that person. If you don't like Jay Edgar, yeah, yeah. I want to hear. Contact from you. us. Let us know. Yeah, we need to have a talk. Um, so I was, I had that sense of dread as well, and I was insistent that I write my recap slash investigations before I go on to the next episode. So it took me at least 24 hours because I had to get that published before I went on. So I was wondering for a while. So I was, I was really worried and really anxious uh, to get to that. And, and what a relief to find out that it was, he, he was okay. And how did you guys, I just felt such a sense of pride when I saw everyone coming to his rescue. Like it's like everything else in the world stopped yeah. and, yep. um, you know, for their officer. And it just, it was really inspiring to me. I, um, yeah, but we see all that going on, all that inspiration and them taking care of him, getting to the hospital. We learned that, okay, it looks like he's going to make it and up on the hill, 
far, far away. Who do we see? Sniper Jave Moreno. Um, he was the one that shot Edgar. And so he's still out there. And Trevor Dobbs is still out there. Bosch is closing in on him more. You know, Edgar can't really assist with the case now. He's in the, you know, in the hospital trying to fight for his life. Um, but Harry keeps investigating. We tur- it turns out that at um, Trevor Dobbs' house, all those uh, picture frames and toys and stuff were fakes. He was not married. His first wife or had left him like after his first deployment uh, because like <laughs> I think it was revealed that he was like watching her, staring at her in the middle of the night. It was really creepy. Uh, we know this guy, you know, is bad news. He's got a lot of great skills, but using them the wrong way. Um, so all that was just a setup, you know, just a cover. And that's just, you know, kind of disturbing in itself. But Bosch finds these trackers, these GPS trackers, like behind an outlet in his house. And he starts putting together that he's probably tracking this money that they've split up among the three people. And it's probably his plan to get them all back to himself. So they're not even working as a team. I mean, they were working as a team, but it looks like, and you guys tell me if you agree, that this guy Trevor, his plan all along was to keep all the money for himself. It was the old stolen money trick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're right. Classic. Indeed. Yeah. No honor among thieves. (laughs) But – they did find evidence on Javi's car uh, of DNA with uh, both him and uh, Sharky. So they know that their group was respons- was responsible for his death. Um, and uh, there's like a bolo put out for Javi's boat. You know, they're all just trying to, the, the two remaining are just trying to, to escape. You know, Trevor's house is empty. Javi's house is uh, empty. Um, I think they do find the knife maybe at one point um, that was used to kill Sharky. Not sure. Um, wait, wait, wait. Didn't they put that knife on the boat? Well, it did end up, that's what I'm trying to figure out. It did end up on the boat because, you know, they're all trying to get away. Javi sends his girlfriend off on his boat. Like he changes the boat's name, like paints over it or whatever, sends her off to Baja or somewhere. And that's where Trevor thinks he's going. But ooh, all of a sudden, Javi shows up on Trevor's boat and we see that he hit, hides a knife under like the seat cushion when Trevor's not looking because it pretty much looks like he's planning to take out Trevor and keep all the money. We think Trevor's planning to take out him and, you know, cause he's got these trackers on the money. So, um, but I uh, believe Trevor does end up, uh, yeah, he kills Javi. He gets to him first cause he, I think he saw him hide the knife or somehow found it and knew about it. And uh, took him out, and he thinks he's going to get his share because he's got these trackers. He's going to get Woody's share and just, you know, sail off into the sunset. Well, thankfully, Bosch is too good for that. He does some serious boshing, and uh, (laughs) he he tracks Woody's share. Um, He figures, we mentioned the surfing, and where would he hide his money? And he finds out about his favorite surfing spot, and Bosch just sort of goes – Again, like old school rogue, just sort of get some permission from Billets, uh, sort of under the radar. She knows he's up to something, but um, he, he gets, quote, permission to go out on this boat. He goes off to this island, and he sets up these booby traps, basically, because he believes that Trevor's going to come there um, to get Woody's share 
of the money and he was right. He does show up and uh, Bosch has like a trip wire and he does some stuff with like a, a plastic bag and a, a lighter or something that um, just all these just sort of, I don't want to say basic because I'm not minimizing them, but you know, they're not like super technical again, you know, Bosch is not the, the super tech savvy guy, but he knows how to get stuff done and they have a, um, some hand to hand combat and uh, you know, he's captured. So, uh, Woody's never brought in. He's shot. Javi's never brought in. Trevor kills him, but Trevor is um, taken in. And uh, so we have some satisfaction there. Um, a little bit of, I don't know, you know we're, what's the word about uh, vengeance? I don't know, for Sharky's justice, for you know Sharky's death, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's kind of how that story resolves. Um, he's not hasn't been on trial or anything. I don't know if he'll crop up again or not. But um, as far as the Andrew Holland case, the Hollywood director, um, he gets uh, he gets taken out or he gets uh, taken in in pretty interesting fashion. Does anybody want to talk about that? Well, they arrested the other guy, right? His on his. They yeah. used the leverage, right, from the brother? Yeah, they did, exactly. Yeah, they had they had Rudy Tafaro was his, like, security detail or whatever, and Bosch always thought he was up to something with covering up the um, the murder of this woman. And uh, they got a hold. He used um, Rudy's brother, whose name was Jesse. They brought him in because knowing under under for questioning or something and they knew that Rudy would uh that was leverage against, for Rudy he would want to protect his younger brother um and one of the things they'd been looking for is on Ed Gunn's body there was a like a watch indentation like someone had done a chokehold some type of special chokehold on him that the police used to do which I think is outlawed now and Rudy was former um law enforcement so um, it turns out it was Rudy's watch, but there was a lot of interesting exchanges in the interrogation room um, with Rudy and them, but they finally um, got him to talk and got his cooperation. But one thing that really sticks out to me about that, who remembers Rudy asking for coffee? Do you remember how he liked his coffee? With sugar. Oh, shoot. Yeah, like it was like yeah. black with or no cream, but, but he wanted sugar. And, so, and he got too much sugar. Yeah, Bosch way like too pours much. The, yeah, he pours like the whole, the whole thing yeah. in there, or whatever. And uh, you know, uh, Rudy has some choice words about his next cup, cup of coffee about you know not so much sugar, but yeah, he said it more colorfully. But um, I just thought that Did was really guys, that was just typical Bosch, you know, like sticking it to him with the sugar. Boshing, boshing, that was some boshing. That's <laughs> um, a boshing moment. Did you guys yeah. notice? When when Rudy dumped his watch after he figured out that they were looking for the watch in the table. Yeah, yeah, on the like driving away. Yeah, mm-hmm. do right down the sewer. Yeah. So, but they so they get him to cooperate, and so I, it was just I thought it was a great scene how they all um, they they send Rudy in. They're doing surveillance in a van. They've got a wire or whatever, and Holland is just. Uh, talking all about you know what he did and it's interesting because Rudy goes in there with um he had the like sketchbook or storyboard book that um because Holland had actually like written it out the girls trying to murder the girl um kind of as a storyboard do you remember that crazy fantasy 
it's just awful. So he had that uh, book as leverage, but he he's sitting there. Uh, Rudy's telling Holland that like he has a, a potential like script or a story for a new movie, and they're talking. But anyways, he he you know he um you know basically confesses you know everything that he'd done. It all comes out, so they all have it on tape, and then they just all descend on him um, at the same time. It's uh, I think Pierce is there. And uh, Benitez, I think, is there, and you know, Bosch is there. Just the whole gang, they come up behind him like the back of his house. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, they broke. It was just, <laughs> it was, that was a pretty powerful scene. It was just so good to see him, you know, get caught and get, you know, what was coming to him because he was so pompous, you know. Do you remember he was on house arrest and he's out there like taking photos of Bosch looking around and stuff and um, sending out all these orders and, uh, you know, of how he maybe wants to bring me my smoothie or something like that. You know, he's just a real, real Um, good. And, you know, he thought he just had Bosch, you know, uh, all you know, it all wrapped up in a nice little bow, and had you know, Bosch should be accused of Ed Gunn's murder, but um, you know, they they figured it all out. So what that, are we? Though. But yeah. when they were discussing his sentence, I think it was with it was like with somebody Benitez or somebody. They were like, oh, he wants to do two years with fourteen months served. Like she was, oh. they were trying to get him in for like four months. Uh, yeah, like right, yeah. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen now. Because why? Because they were boshing and they got the job done. So we're left with some uh, some dangling particles, <laughs> uh, so to speak, at the end of this season. Um, Edgar, I'm not Edgar. I'm sorry, Irving. He does not remain interim chief. Do you guys remember he accepted the job? Oh, shocker. He accepted the job and somewhat under the influence of the president of the police commission. I think it's, is it Bradley Walker? His last name is Walker. Um, And he kind of convinces him to go ahead and take the job. And he's there putting the pins on his collar. Um, That's where we see Connie in the audience. I believe she was there watching him get sworn in or whatever you'd call it Mm -hmm. uh, to become chief. That's the last thing we see is Bosch coming in at the end seeing what's going on and I think the reason Bosch is there is because of some developments with his mother's murder. Turns out Big Dave Wave Big Wave Dave (laughs) was not the killer. It was another cover up and this guy um, Bosch receives a package at the office. It's like an old yearbook and uh, first he learns that the Caffrey, the detective um, who supposedly investigated his mother's murder who he uh, had some conversation within season two about how he didn't really pursue it, how he covered up this uh, CI, uh, so forth. Um, he's his um, assisted living or whatever is burned down. Yeah, he's dead. He's up, gone. Right? No, because the the, the 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 point of the point of origin of the fire was under his bed. Uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah. He's gone, but then Bosch gets this package, and it's like a yearbook, and it looks like this guy Caffrey finally, in his final moments, uh, you know, wanted to do the right thing, and he's been saving this this yearbook or whatever, and Bosch figures it out that, um, I guess the Fox Mitchell guy or whatever was actually good friends on the surfing team or something with this Bradley Walker guy that the president of the police commission, and Bosch starts putting things together, and it looks like Walker was using the alias. So you have Arno Epperson using Fox Mitchell as an alias, and it looks like Walker was using the Fox Mitchell alias. So it's like alias of an alias of an alias. 
Um, <laughs> so he strongly believes that this, this guy did it. So now we're left with that at the end of season three and Bosch showing up at um, when uh, Irving's getting the, the other star on his collar or whatever, and that guy's giving it to him. Um, so I don't know. Um, some other things out there. Irving, I think, did finally take his wedding ring off. So, you know, we were talking about that probably is over, but then we see Connie at the ceremony. Um, we've got the thing with Bosch's mom. It looks like, he's, you know, he's still pursuing the actual killer with that. Um, Maddie's still living with Bosch. Eleanor does show back up. And um, she meets with that FBI agent that we saw in season two, Jay Griffin. It looks like she's been doing some work for them or something, something interesting has been going on. Yeah. She talks about not wanting to continue to lie to her family or whatever, but she's obviously working some kind of job and she's talking about moving back to LA and um, with Reggie, I think he's still in Shanghai, but it sounds like he's coming. So I don't know. Um, But we learned that Maddie's not interested in just automatically moving back in with her mom. She's, you know, happy living with her dad. And uh, Eleanor is a little surprised by that. Uh, what else? Anything else we have hanging out there? Yeah, she the forgot of... something. Tell me. Oh. <laughs> you forgot that all oh, season Edgar. three, we've been teased and thrown nuggets and little bits and portions of probably one of the main focuses on season four for the police department and why Irving mm-hmm. got his job is they're looking for the Korean town killer and didn't they, oh, yeah. didn't they arrest the wrong guy? They did, and there's an, and we have to also talk about Edgar and Harry. I can't believe I was about to leave that out. I was going to yeah, say, this, I was next. We, we've got that whole conversation yeah. at the end. <laughs> this Koreatown killer is still out there, and the guy himself, who we've seen on the bike, he has the audacity to show up at like a, a town meeting or something about this, you know, uh, Koreatown killer, and um, he has the and audacity to Yes, he makes a speech about, you know, how they're not doing enough or they need to find this guy or whatever. And so because and it's getting – oh, go ahead. That they're not safe in this community with yeah. these people leading the way. It's it's crazy. And so they've got all these – everybody's like on alert and everybody's – they've got all these uh, false, you know, not the right guy. And they're like, also you know, well, it must be him. Yeah. How, and they do – How ruthless is he? <laughs> Extremely seriously, he just right. goes and knocks down old women and just takes their stuff and goes like he's ruthless. Yeah, yeah, definitely, he's bad news, and we don't know how how worse it has been or, or could be. But uh, the local police department has a guy in, um, and they think he's the guy. And Bosch tells him, "Wait, um, I don't know if it's Bosch, whoever's working it says, you know, wait, we need to talk to them or whatever. Um, don't you know arrest him or whatever, but they they do, right? Am I right about that? Yeah, they they took him right in because that that was their big plea. That's why Irvin got made police chief, I believe. Oh, okay, yeah, it's hard, it's hard for me to remember getting all the details together, but um, but so they, you know, yeah, there's the wrong guy and and the right guy is out there like watching <laughs> the coverage yeah. of this, so we know the 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 wrong guy um is or the real guy is still out there. So I have to think that that's going to be followed up on. Um, so that's out there. And then, yes, the big thing that we didn't finish up on was Edgar and Harry. So um, Edgar realizes that uh, he starts putting it all together with Harry kind of being set up. He also realizes he's had those cameras. He learns about um, – there's something that um, Bosch says, I guess, on one of the tapes – um, 
I want to try to get this right, but he, there's something he wouldn't know unless he had had tapes. He says something about the Cadillac or something. And yeah, oh, how did you know the Cadillac was black? Or something. How do you know it was a Cadillac have, or something? Yeah, there's something they said he would not know. Car. How do you know it was a Cadillac? Right, unless you, you saw it. And um, so, because it's more than like just what's even on the tape. You would have to have be, be there. So Edgar has his suspicions and he brings it up with Harry at the end. Harry comes for a visit and you know, Edgar says, I need to talk to you in person. He kept saying he wants to talk about something and he pretty much accuses Harry. And um, who re- does, do you remember how Harry responds? Pretty much like justice is served or it all works right. out in the end or whatever. Um, it, yeah. it didn't sound like my Harry Bosch because it didn't sound like the everybody counts or nobody counts. It sounded more like nobody counts. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it was it was it was a um, it, not the, not the best thing we want to see from Harry. You know, we're always like he Very does the right thing. He's fighting for justice. This uh, this definitely has a lot of gray area to it. And we're I mean, would you guys say that you were a little disappointed? Um, does this bring Bosch down a peg for you guys? What What are your thoughts on it? Not for me. He's human. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, at at some point, you can only be so extra human. I don't know what the right uh-huh. word is. But Superhuman. Human. And, yeah. you know, with all the things that he has to face and decisions that he has to make for him to maybe make one that isn't quite right, I I can forgive. Uh, that doesn't bring him down for me. It just It just makes him more of a real person. Uh, in my mind, anyway. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Pete? Um, honestly, I think Harry Bosch is just tired of everybody's poop. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, you hit a certain point sometimes where it's just like, I'm yeah, done with yeah. all these cop cover-ups and finding out that the yeah. person who murdered his mother's mother was killed three times and might still be alive again. I mean, it's all coming down to an end, and I believe that what they're doing is <laughs> the Harry Bosch character right now is in the middle of um, a conflict with his moral compass. And maybe they want to show us that side because maybe in season four he's got to stay in that level of the middle side of the moral compass just to solve some certain things in his life that he needs to mm-hmm. solve to move on and go back to being superhuman. So maybe they're yeah. just setting us up for what we're going to see in the beginning, the, the, come, you know, the, the, the comeback in season four. But he'll start there, and we might get a few episodes with him there, I believe. Okay, those are those are really good points. I, I appreciate y'all sharing that. I think that's some some valid information. I think it is, you know, when you're watching a TV series, you know, if you're watching, you know, the Avengers or something, they are superheroes. They have superpowers. But when you're watching Bosch, they're human. They, you know, they can they seem superhuman sometimes. They seem like oh, you're so inspired by them. They're they're so tough. They you know they always get the job done. But this does remind us. Like y'all said, that Bosch is human too, and there are there is gray area, and it's not always a solid victory or you know definitely the the right thing, you know one way or the other. There's there's some there's some gray area, and there's sometimes decisions that are questionable. So um, while it's it was hard for me to be like Bosch, don't do that. You actually sat there, and you know it. Right. You know it, I need to see that because I can't put him on a pedestal. And, and think that he's always going to do the right thing. I mean, that's what makes the show so compelling is that you see him trying really hard to do the right thing and to bring justice, you know, despite all these obstacles. But sometimes he might, you know, go in a direction we're not um, 
not as happy with. So I think it's important to keep it realistic. What concerns me, though, what do you guys think is going to happen with his partnership with Edgar? Are they going to remain partners? It's definitely going to be a little rocky. There's going to have to be uh, a real heart-to-heart or understanding between the two because obviously, I mean, kind of like, kind of like you were just talking about for yourself, you know, you can't put somebody on a pedestal anymore. And I think Jay Edgar has that respect. And when you lose that respect, I mean, you only have two choices. You find a way to get it back or you totally let it go. And so hopefully that their partnership and friendship is strong enough that they can, they can find that middle ground to move forward from it. Mm -hmm. I hope so. Yeah. I I think their relationship is strong enough that they can overcome it because they do really great work together. But um, again, it's just going to show that it's, it's not always easy. It doesn't always work out, um, you know, just the way you, you want it to. There there are some challenges. Life isn't fair. Life isn't fair. And you know, the other thing that's uh, you have Latanya, Edgar's ex-wife, and he has the, they have the two young boys together. They seem to get along pretty well. They seem to be pretty good friends. Um, and she, but as as parents to young boys, she's really pushing him to um, not partner up with Bosch. Do y'all remember that conversation? Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, about but that. I think I think she also doesn't want Jay Edgar to we to work on the field anymore. He was shot True. yeah twice, almost shot yeah. twice this season. Shot definitely once, and he's lucky yeah. he's not dead. And when you're, yeah. you know, I'm not a mother of children or a wife by any means, but I can understand, like, you know, she doesn't want her husband, the kids to grow up without a father, even if she doesn't care about, she still cares about, you right. know, him being a father and him as a person. So, you know, and he's a yeah. good guy. So even yeah. if they didn't work out as a relationship, he's still a good guy and a great guy and a good father, and no one wants to see him get hurt. So I understand that aspect. However, I do think that with him and Bosch, What's going to happen is is that Harry Bosch did an investigation on his own, didn't tell Jagger. Jagger did an investigation, kind of with billets and kind of on his own, didn't tell yeah. Bosch. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? Now they have to just say, you know what? No more secrets. It's going to be a wash. Moving forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a wash. It's even 50-50. Let's just, you know, yeah. plow forward. We're a great team. And like I said, I think that maybe Jagger's moral compass might be the reason why Harry comes back. Oh, okay. Dun, dun, okay. Dun. Well, hopefully, we don't have to wait too much longer. It's where we're we're getting close to mid-February, that's, um, and then we'll have March, and let's hope we can have an April release. Hopefully, we'll hear something soon, and we'll uh, see how some of these stories, if they wrap up, how they wrap up, or how long they'll continue. But um, as hard as it is to wait, uh, would you guys agree that you like having these stories that um, – continue on that, that everything isn't just all wrapped up at the end of a season. Yeah. Cause you want something to look forward to. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody really like loves a cliffhanger or something that leaves yeah. you wondering, but you know, without it, I, you know, especially cause shows now they, they take so long for production and to put things together, to put together a good show that, you know, there is time in between your, your seasons that you need something to bring you back. I mean, you just do. And what I like about this is that it's, they're not, you know, they're not like severe cliffhangers where you're left angry at the end of a season. Mm -hmm. You're 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 left more with wonder. Yeah. You're curious. So that way, 
you you leave feeling kind of fulfilled with the season, but still wanting more. Where, you know, some yeah. shows, they leave on a nasty cliffhanger, and you're just so angry. You're like, well, I'll watch it come back when it comes back, but, you know, I'm not happy with it. It's just a different vibe. Yep. Well, that's I, I agree. It, it's a nice I, balance. I, I, of- I agree a thousand percent also because I respect the Bosch writers. Because think about it this way. Put this in your head. What if the season finale and the last scene they showed you was Jay Edgar getting shot oh, by gosh. Moreno right. and then right. just went to you no know, screen? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and that's, no. that's what I'm talking about. You don't, you don't, I mean, I, some TV shows, I think you almost have to do something kind of that dramatic, but you know, something like that, again, you don't, a character like Jay Egger, you can't hang on for a year wondering what the heck's going to happen to him. That's going to, that's going to make me mad. I'm pretty patient with a lot of stuff TV wise, but that would make me, no, I would, I'd be fine <laughs> right now. I'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we beat Titus the third versus Amazon, come on, what's up? Well, it, you know, this show makes you work and makes you think, you know, and just like, you know, it's really hard to cover a season, you know, in one episode of the podcast because it's so complex. It does make you think, it makes you go back and think, oh, we saw that guy riding on the bike a long time ago. I didn't even know, you know, it's really, it's a very intellectual show. So I think you're rewarded. I think they kind of reward you for that by resolving some things, but they keep you on your toes uh, with keeping some things out there. And it keeps it present in your mind. It keeps you, you know, longing for the next season. Um, They don't want you to forget about it, you know. (laughs) Well, you you know what else I like, too? Go ahead. Go ahead, Pete. Go ahead. Oh, no. What they did was, instead of having you caught up on what's going on in, in the last season, now you're sitting there looking at Bosch, and when we have this conversation, it's not about what's, what we need to answer from last season. It's about how is Bosch going to react in this season? How is his and Jagger's partnership in this season going to work out? Not mm-hmm. questions from last season. We got most of those answered. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say, Jay? For me, something else that I, I like about the show that I find not, not as many shows do um, is uh, – Take like season one, for instance, now and compare it to season three. Now, while we have kind of like multiple storylines and multiple things happening, again, to keep you entertained, to keep you thinking, to keep you enthralled, take season one where we really had no idea like who the bad guy was. Who's at fault? Mm -hmm. Who's doing the things? So you're kind of there through the whole season as a mystery, right? We're now flash forward to season three. And they kind of wrote it differently. Yeah. Right off the bat, we kind of know who mm-hmm. the bad guys are. And we're yeah. watching from the perspective where now, instead of wondering, we're kind of rooting that Bosch and team come up with the right answers. Yeah, wondering so how they're going to solve it. So now we have to wonder, it. right, how they're going to solve it rather, yeah. rather than who did it. So what I like about it is now, too, going into season number four, I don't even know what kind of season we're going to get. Are we exactly, going to get another yeah. season where we're wondering for 10 episodes who the bad guy is? Or are uh, we going to get another season where we're trying to figure out how they figure out who the bad guy is? Yeah, um, and I'm not yeah, it's interesting. partial mm-hmm. to either, but I like how it's mixed up. And it just adds a further element to the show that not, not every show does that. That's true. That's a really good point. I agree. That does make it 
make it even more interesting when you don't know exactly how to expect even how the story is going to be told. Okay. Well, I have to finish off with something lighthearted because the material is so serious. I always say that. So the question for tonight is you don't have to, uh, it's not with four people. It's one scenario. You are Edgar or you could be yourself, but you're on um, leave. You're on like medical leave, like Edgar in your house. You're not supposed to leave. You're not supposed to drive off. You've got security some form of security watching you and stuff. You're relying on other people, you know, to kind of make sure you have what you need. Um, but you can't, you, know, you can't really go anywhere. You're, you know, someone's looking out for you. So we're going to call it a nurse, you know, for lack of a, a better term, the person that's going to bring you food and, um, you know, try to help keep you entertained, try to keep your spirits up. Uh, it's looking out for you. Who mm-hmm. is that going to be? Is it going to be, you have your choices are Irv Irving, uh, Grace Billets, Maddie Bosch, or Detective Rondell Pierce. Maddie Pierce, Billets, or Irving. Pierre, I'm gonna let did you I say go Bosch? first. Did I give Did I give Bosch a choice? How many choices did I just give you? <laughs> he was think... four, and Bosch was not one of them. Yeah, not one. Yeah, he's not on the list this week. Okay. Yep. Um, can I choose? Well, ever be Titus the Third? I mean, if you want to like go rogue, I guess you can you're, break the rules. You're you're a cheater because I was going to choose Tracy. Damn it! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess go first. Okay, I'll, I'll answer seriously, so you can choose Tracy. All right. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right. So my options are Billets, Maddie, um, Irvin, and Pierce. Uh huh. Um, okay, well, I don't think I would want Pierce or Irvin serving me food because it's kind of, I don't know, they, they're not the kind of people that I want to be my nurse. So, you you know, I kind of want either Maddie or Billets. However, I think that Maddie would be a little creepy considering I'm way older. Um, okay, sure. And she's way younger. So <laughs> I'm just going to choose Billets because I think she would be good for the job, but uh-huh. also the other reasons. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you for keeping it appropriate. I like that. <laughs> Okay, so Jay, are you still gonna stick with me because you want you would love the idea of me being at your beck and call and you ordering me around? Is that what it's about? Uh, I mean, really, that that would be a lot of fun. You know, I'd have my little bell, ding 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 ding. Hello, Welliver needs you, Tracy. Get over here. <laughs> You're not coming fast it. enough, Tracy. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but if I had to pick a real answer besides Tracy, because I just think that would be hilarious, and I would That's probably terrible. live tweet that. By the way, too, I would live <laughs> probably tonight. like watch this, guys. Guess what I'm gonna make Tracy do now? Um, <laughs> I would, I would uh, choose Maddie um, because okay. uh, you know she's a good kid. She's uh, she's a sweet kid. She's a smart kid. She cares. Um, uh, she would appreciate the nice things that I say on the podcast about the show. So she would make <laughs> sure that um, I'm taken care of. And, uh, yeah, that's who I'm going with. Okay. Also, Maddie's mad cool. She is. Oh, she for is. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she wants to be a, like, she want to be a profile, something, profile or something in law enforcement. She's, you know, she's ready to get boshing herself. So, yeah. Right. She's, she's a good team member. All right. I'm going to go um, with my guy, Irving, because he just, he's got the connections. So he may not bring me the food, but, you know, he's got washed 
driving his SUV and taking him around, mm. and he might get him to bring me something from this really fancy schmancy restaurant. Oh, I want Tracy to have you know this for her meal tonight. She needs something special. So I, I again, Irv with the connections and uh, just very. He's a uh, the man's got uh, he's got style and. Um, Wait a second. Wait a second. I need what? What? I, what? I need to. I need to talk to your husband. I don't. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think he. I don't think he realizes the Irv Irving crush we have going on oh. here. We might, have, we might have to discuss this. <laughs> I can assure you, it's not a problem. But I do. Yeah. I. I, I do have. You know. Nice Wait, thoughts. Wait, she also has Irving. a crush on Irvin's connections. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe I'm just really shallow. <laughs> answer based on Irvin's connections. I like the way you yeah. wrapped around it, but I didn't think about it this week. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm just really shallow and want fancy smancy things, and I'm using him for his connections. But um, you know, that's nah, hey, that's a, a mystery. He's a cool guy. I I get it. I get it. That's a mystery y'all are gonna have to solve. How about that? <laughs> um. But no, Love I just it. think he I think he's a good uh caretaker. He would you know, he, he would get the job done. He would let a lot of, he would delegate. But uh, he has a lot of choices for delegation, so That's yeah. true too. Gotta gotta keep it fun. So all right, that that was those were good answers. I like that. All right. When, um I don't know what we're gonna do next, but we will be back. We've gotta um give us some input. Should we do a character-centric episode next? Is there a particular character you want us to focus on? Um, a particular scene? Um, a, do you want us to delve more into, you know, a particular? Well, Titus history? the Third. I mean, that's <laughs> fine that. too. So, um, we we there's Bosch. There's plenty to talk about with Bosch. So we will definitely come up with a platform and keep going um, until season four. And hang in there with us because when season four gets here and we can do it episode by episode, we can, like I said, really get into the nitty gritty and make sure we have all our facts straight and really break it down. Um, you know, it is challenging to try to cover everything from a whole season, but um, I think we, we hit a lot and it was, it was fun bringing it back up again and talking about season three. Good so, stuff. Come on, season four. Get here. Yeah. Come on. Seriously. Yeah. So uh, watch for those scrambles so you can get a shout out too on the podcast and we can be really impressed with your problem solving skills. And uh, and please give us some input about what you'd like us to talk about next because, you know, we're going to bosh. We're, you know, regardless, we'll be boshing. Um, so right. let's make sure it's something that you want us to talk about. <laughs> so. All right. I think that's Sounds it. Sounds good. Thank you, Pete. Oh Thank you, Jay. Or Welliver, be Titus the Third. I'm gonna get it straight. Right. <laughs> whatever your name is this week. Yeah, whatever it is hey, this week. No, it's always Welliver, be Titus the Third. Oh, okay. All right. That's... Good night. <laughs> good night, Bye. everybody. Bye, everybody.